Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. Back on the road here at the Hale Varsity Club in La Vista. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. We are loaded up. Plenty of thoughts on Nebraska, not only from Athlon anonymously, but how about college football news? We'll get into it. Plenty to tell you about food and drink-wise. NHL playoffs going on as well tonight with the Lightning and Rangers. So a hockey central right here at the Hale Varsity Club. And, of course, uh, a lot of baseball going on. If you're a Dodger fan, you're smiling. That's on the big screen. The Giants are going. The Rockies are being treated like a pinata. Oh, That's Ooh, hold on. The Rock, dare I say the Rockies are leading. Ooh. Uh, numbers to dial up and join us here on Hale Varsity Radio. Roadshow Thursday, 466-3776-800-825-5865. can interact with us as well on ESPN Lincoln's Facebook and Twitter. And Elijah Herbal, hunker down back in the studios in Lincoln. Elijah, you, my friend, are a steak and a beer better because of Golden State's, well, futility uh, uh, defensively and from a rebounding standpoint last night. And you, you even tried to hurt Steph. Do you feel good about yourself winning that steak and beer bet last well, night? All I know is over the past, let's see, two and a half weeks here, that's four straight victories for Elijah. I'm on a hot Four? I, I've got two. I've, oh. got, I've got you too. Uh, uh, not, not within the. I'm on four straight. I'm telling you right now, I'm on four straight. Okay, you are keeping score. Y- I thought you those would have been <laughs> claw marks for you to get out of the studio, but no, you've you've been tallying like Andy Dufresne. <laughs> well, I, I will say before I reeled off four straight, I think you reeled off like seven of eight. So, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not quite sure what the overall standings are here, but it's been a good couple weeks for Elijah. I, I don't disagree. Uh, we will check, check in on uh, some Nebraska football thoughts. So uh, here at the Hale Varsity Club uh, in La Vista, not far from the Embassy Suites, uh, Junior's supposed to play baseball against Westside tonight. He, he and Mama Bear, they're the two pickiest eaters in America, I promise you. They were here. They loved it. They had pizza. They had Brussels sprouts. Junior crushed the mac and cheese and short ribs. They have mac and cheese with short ribs. That's just incredible. Uh, he tells me they did not share with me, which is fine. I'll, I'll get I'll get some dinner before I leave. But if you haven't been out to the Hale Varsity Club, uh, you are invited to do so for all your sports fandom or just a nice, relaxing uh, scratch kitchen meal you will love. You uh, can find us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio, Chris Schmidt at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. And you're welcome to interact with us, send us some comments. 
uh, if you'd so choose on ESPN Lincoln's Facebook and uh, can also tweet at us. So uh, Tom Brady kind of got the firing squad treatment, or at least his answer was like one. The LIV tour uh, has uh, received the wrath of the PGA, 17 suspensions. And, oh, yeah, the uh, CWS is just around the corner once uh, business is handled with the Super Regionals. But let's start with some Nebraska football and some really good uh, stuff from uh, College Football News. Pete Futak does his Nebraska football preview. We'll get there in a moment. And from a housekeeping standpoint, in uh, 15 minutes, uh, Brandon Vogel from Hale Varsity Magazine and .com managing editor. He'll join us via the StreamYard. And uh, we'll talk some ball with him. Anna Bellinghausen uh, with her dad sports coming up in about 30 minutes. And then uh, in hour two, the coach, Gary Barnett. We chatted a little earlier this morning. Coach Barney's take on the uh, the live tour. And, of course, Coach Whipple, how he fits into things with the two quarterbacks that are transfers in. What's that mean for Nebraska? Well, it means new. What's Coach Barnett think of, of their prospects moving forward in a uh, wide open Big Ten West. Danny Burke will talk gambling with us from Vizen Sports Network at 540. So, Athlon, they uh, had their predictions this week. Nebraska's fifth. We chatted that up. Nebraska also has been deemed the all-off-the-bus team. <laughs> wow. Now, you, you hear former players talk about this is the dude you want coming off the bus first. You want that intimidation factor. Uh, you want the – you just. it's like Colorado watching the tunnel walk in 94 before they kicked off for the 200th consecutive sell-up, a, a sell-out, a matchup between number two and number three for a national title shot, right? I mean, the way the crowd was and the team was that day – they were jacked, and there is a, there is such thing as momentum. Elijah, when you got off the bus with your uh, with your high level Southeast Knights football team back in the day, uh, were you off the bus first? Were you off the bus last, or, or did it matter? Did you had some dudes on your squad? You had a, plenty of Division One guys, so were they towards the front of the bus so they could kind of flex uh, as you walked into to the locker room? It, it was. Coaches off the bus first, the most physically intimidating people on the field, obviously, the coaching staff. Yeah. They're getting off that bus first. Gotcha. Then, gotcha. I mean, behind that, I don't think we really we, we, we set out to intimidate you getting off the bus. We tried to intimidate you on the field. But I will let you know, umpiring, I'm showing up to the field with full intimidation, like making sure these little 15-year-old high schoolers know who's boss on this field. That, that's what the off the bus like, intimidation factor means to me is, is getting out there and umpiring some baseball. Well, the all-off-the-bus team, Nebraska football, this is what an opposing coach says. Two size up Nebraska in Nebraska's division. Nebraska still has the best-looking roster. They're called the -the all-off-the-bus team because they look better than anyone in the West in pregame. Lots of long, tall dudes, really athletic and then after a quarter or so, you stop worrying because they usually hurt themselves. They struggle with turnovers. They struggle with technique. And I think it's a culture issue. Definitely they're improved, but they lost some of their better guys 
to eligibility, and they filled that with transfers. We, this is a coach again anonymously talking about Nebraska, we ask ourselves a lot what's going on there because they're pulling in good talent, they have resources, and the administration seems to have faith in the staff. They have a new OC that's got the do-or-die mentality in Whipple. They uh, have to manage this summer really well, find the right quarterback, and my guess is Whipple's going to take over that room. He's pretty headstrong, and the biggest thing they need is to get the O-line to a point where they can run the ball long enough to to let the defense breathe. That defense isn't the problem. They're solid as hell at times. The offense needs to stay on the field and not get and burn quick possessions, not go tempo and get desperate because you're playing from behind. Obviously, this is a big year for them. They're talented enough, but uh, this is the same. There's got to be some kind of mental block here with this team. If they can't... uh, come out and win and show some signs that they can build around what they're doing, this is probably it. Fair take, spot-on assumption, and running the football. And and you heard Coach Frost talk a little bit about that last year with the adjustment to the Big Ten. It's not shootouts. It's not score fests like the AAC. You've got to hold on to the football. Possession matters in this league, especially in the West where it's battering Ram Saturday after battering Ram Saturday. And uh, for Nebraska, man, uh, that's that's so key, running the football. Uh, here are some stats for you with Nebraska football. Uh, last year, they were 3-0 and when they ran for 200 yards. In Nebraska's tenure under Scott Frost, when they run for 200 yards, uh, 10 of his 15 wins have occurred. So there's your magic number. And and they were at 180, 185. Well, actually, they might, might have been around 200 last year. But that that's hit or miss depending on do you load up on your non-conference cupcakes and, and have a 300 and 400-yard rushing day and, and go for 125 against a Minnesota or go for a buck 50 against a Wisconsin. Listen. Nebraska and, and running the football's got to be a priority. And as much as Whipple likes to get dudes catches and have a controlled passing attack, Whipple is a guy that, that gets this climate. Whipple's a guy that gets uh, how things go in the Big Ten and just college football in general. And I think he, he will run the football out of patience, out of necessity, so he can set up his play action. And I'm fine with that. I'm fine with three a carry. I'm fine with body blows. That's what you grew up on. That's what you know as a Nebraska fan when it comes to running the football. And it's okay to be simple and fierce and physical and not try and show off your brain, what kind of cute play caller you are. All right? And too many times Nebraska's had moments like that, Elijah, where they they they, they try and – show how sexy they are offensively. And then they also put too much on one guy in in the former quarterback, Adrian Martinez, to try and get it all done or it all hinges on him 
when in reality give yourself a good running game and a solid offensive line and compliment your quarterback. Bama's won titles with, with game managers, guys that never played pro ball. Not the new era of quarterbacks for Saban, but when he got going, it was your pro-style Zach Taylor-type quarterback, and that's a compliment uh, that's really smart and good with the football and can make the throws to some really stud dudes or hand it off. And that's, that's what Nebraska needs to morph more into. Now, don't ignore your incredible skill guys. Don't ignore some of the guys that are difference makers and matchup issues. But when push comes to shove, your identity's got to be being good at running the football, and that's what this anonymous coach is talking about, uh, quite frankly. Uh, if, if Nebraska take better care of their defense, go get a lead and not make mistakes – better things can happen for this football team and football program. And there's two lines in particular that really stand out to me from what this anonymous coach said, and I'm going to just read them off back to back here. They're long, tall dudes, really athletic, and then after a quarter or so, you stop worrying because they're usually hurting themselves. They're talented (laughs) enough, but is there some kind of mental block there? I mean, that just says it all. That says it all about the Scott Frost tenure. It's what we've been saying now for years on this show where – this team passes the eye test. You watch them play and you go, yeah, this team should be a lot better than what they are. And the question for 2022 becomes, are, are the new faces, this is particularly a quarterback uh, and B uh, in the coaching staff positions, you look at Whipple, Ryle, and Mickey Joseph, is that going to be enough to get them past that mental black, past the, those, those mistakes, the stupid mistakes they keep on making quarter after quarter, game after game? Because it always feels like, with this Nebraska team, it's one step forward, one step back in that regard where, ah, yes, they've, they've stopped the penalties along the offensive line. They're not doing false starts anymore. Now they're holding. Or, ah, yeah, they've, they've cleaned up the penalties, but now here comes a, 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 a torrential downpour of turnovers in the second half. Like, this, this team always has another thing that goes wrong for them, and it's not because there isn't enough talent on the field. We've seen that. This coach sees that. It comes down to how these guys are coached and, and how they're being managed on the sideline and, uh, and how they're being led. Now, I think Nebraska has addressed those areas this offseason. They have new on-field leadership. They have new off-the-field in, uh, leadership. The question is, and the question we've been discussing here for months now on this show is, is that going to be enough to flip the results? You haven't seen that on the other side of the football. Now, can they get better at getting after the quarterback? Yeah, they need to. Can they do better at forcing turnovers? Yeah, that needs to happen. But when push comes to shove, as far as technique and stability, defense has been pretty solid. They have continued to get better. They have, at points, carried the, the team. You look at last year, the first part of it, defense hung in there remarkably. It's been the offense that's that's been the issue. You now have change. And you have options. And uh, with Raiola, I mean, his his whole take is to be aggressive and, you know, fire off forward versus what has been going on. There's no the zone sounds, blocking. Right. I know that sounds simple enough, but, you know, it, it's going to be up to the offensive line to to really hammer down. And to, quite honestly, I mean, I it, it's okay to question if – you know, Frost, his first few years here, how did he want to win? He wanted to win his way with some high-level acrobatics, right? You've got a Wandale. You've got a Stanley Morgan. You've got, I don't, you know, he, he, he wants to throw the football around. It's not that he's not 
at heart a, a, a tough dude that likes running the football. But I think Nebraska, because you've got a quarterback in Adrian that's that, that was the dual threat, you wanted to run him, sure. But Nebraska, when, when, when push came to shove, they wanted to win throwing the football or using that element of the offense uh, versus versus running it, or maybe that was the best way to win because they didn't feel like they had a back they could lean on post to Zigbo. Well, it was it was all about having that sexy offense. The offense is going to attract these high level, fast skill guys, these four and five star guys. When you look at uh, what they were doing with Maurice Washington, when you're looking at well, what they were trying, who refused to run between the tackles. Exactly, but but it's all about that sexy offense that Frost was going for, and I think he's realized that that the sexy offense is not what's going to win in the Big Ten. Traditionally, it has one in the Big Ten, and with few exceptions, maybe Purdue with over the, uh, within the past couple years, sexy offenses don't win in the Big Ten. Well, even throwing the football, Ohio State's really good, but how did they get whacked? It was ground and pound by Michigan. We'll check in with Brandon Vogel next. We're here live at the Hale Varsity Club, Varsity Radio. Hello, listener. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price. That means that you can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. And we're back. Fellas, think we could listen to the radio? On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Thanks for spending time. Roadshow Thursday here at the Hale Varsity Club. Try the macaroni and short ribs. Uh, They are a thumbs up from Junior. He did not share. I'm going to repeat that. Uh, we say hi to Brandon Vogel, managing editor, HaleVarsity.com, and magazine author with John Cook, Dream Like a Champion. We're streaming live, ESPN Lincoln Facebook, ESPN Lincoln Twitter handle, and um, it is uh, wonderful. Vogue's, I'm here at the club, brother. You're in the office, and we're both in pretty good spots, but, well, I have beer on tap, so I win. How are you? <laughs> Yeah, I think you definitively win. Beer on tap plus uh, an exciting complement of food that you could potentially be eating here shortly. Um, I'm still not quite sure what I'm what I'm having for dinner. So you're much better off than me. So what 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 junior order is he playing the drums with some spoons right now in the background, or is he uh, is he watching uh, patiently, Daddy, do another interview? No, mom's got him now. She's uh, she's <laughs> she's making him dinner as we as we speak. I think he's getting some sort of uh, breakfast for dinner, scrambled eggs uh, sort of situation. That is uh, that is good stuff. Well, we uh, we just had a, a little bit of uh, back and forth on the anonymous coach dubbing Nebraska football the all off the bus team vogue so who who's coming off nebraska's bus uh for 2022 if they're the all off the bus team what 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 two or three players you picking? you gotta have uh wild man garrett nelson lead the way don't you yeah garrett nelson's he's in the top three and i think his his counterpart on the other side caleb tanner might still be in that group uh nash Huttmacher is is, is a good candidate 
Um, maybe Thomas Fedoni, uh, one of those tight ends. Uh, if, if Thomas Fedoni gets back to health or, well, heck, you could even Vocalec. Travis Vocalec, you know, um, you could, um, yeah, I mean, it was, it was interesting. I, the first thing I do with those Athlon comments, and I think I read all of the, the power five teams at this point is go to those anonymous coach comments because they're a little bit snarky, but you feel like you're getting, you know, some of the the kind of scoop on on how these people in the industry feel about these various programs and it was interesting to me that two of the comments so the one you referenced and there was another one that that another one that referenced kind of athletically nebraska in terms of roster still basically looks the part as the best team in the west and just hasn't had those results to this point brandon as you look at these guys that have been good candidates for off the bus all team, first team, all NCA, whatever. When you look at those guys from Nebraska, have you seen development from those types of guys? I'm talking guys like uh, Damian Jackson's a good candidate from years past. Uh, Jacquez Yant. Uh, you're looking at Omar Manning. Do you think you, you've seen the development there of those guys just remain guys that they look the part, but that they haven't really been the part for Nebraska? Yeah, so I think for two of those guys you mentioned, both on the offensive side with Yant and Manning, like this year will be big for that. Um, and, you know, Yant became kind of a storyline in the spring for talking about how like, and I mean, and this happens to a lot of players where it's like, I thought I was taking this seriously. And then I realized, Oh, there's a whole other level where what I actually need to do in terms of nutrition and in terms of like caring about how much I sleep, all of that stuff. So we'll see with Yan. I would say on the defensive side, so to you know, to the guys we were talking about there, Garrett Nelson, mm-hmm. I think, has kind of a classic trajectory at this point of a guy who came in, played as a true freshman, largely on kind of effort in in my opinion, and has grown to a player where, you know, publications like Athlon are projecting him as a first team all Big Ten linebacker. Uh, a little bit the same for Caleb Tanner. Uh, it took a little bit longer with him because he was kind of the off the bus guy out of high school. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, we expect them to get bigger when they get to college and they do, but he was, he was an imposing physical presence coming out of high school, which kind of led to a lot of hype for him. And it took him a little bit. So I think we've seen it more maybe on defense at this point than we have on offense. And a big part of that is Nebraska's running backs have kind of, it's, it's been a little bit of in and out there and wide receiver minus Wandale Robinson, you're still kind of waiting for that, that homegrown player to emerge as a top two or three receiver in one of these seasons. Brandon Vogels with us uh, on the road here Thursday at the Hale Varsity Club in La Vista. You can find Brandon on Twitter at Brandon L. Vogel. And, and Vogels, there's so much to, to get into with this team, and it's it's already June, and the predictions are coming out, fifth in the West, an all-bus team, and, man, they look the part. They don't play the part. Is it a, a leadership? Has it been a leadership issue by the coaches or a development issue by the coaches? And I ask it because when you have young guys that you're asking to play early, Teddy Prohaska, injury, uh, you look at Corcoran, right? You've seen development in in a couple of guys, like specifically Garrett Nelson and Caleb Tanner. They're ready to launch. Reimer, uh, Henrich, both guys look really good, and they've been they've been um, 
watered and, and, and they've grown. The secondary has been developed. The defense really has been developed at a high level, but you're still waiting on that development, the technique, the holdings. Uh, some, some high-profile guys struggled last year. Uh, you look at Ben Hart, you look at Piper, and you look at Turner, uh, and I don't know, where do you peg the why on? Is it is it the, the, the coach's leadership? Is it player leadership? Is it guys that just aren't aren't ready at this age to to be asked to do what they're being asked to do yeah i think um so as kind of mentioned earlier you you haven't had a bunch of guys minus probably wandale robinson emerge as just that dude at wide receiver slash running back and and part of the reason he didn't play his final season at nebraska because he had to be that dude at, at both spots Right. And, and, you know, we've seen a a player like Samori Ture come in and kind of give them that and Mm -hmm. and what that can be. But it's tough when, you know, through just random luck, misevaluation, whatever it may have been, they haven't been able to hit on one of those guys truly out of high school that finished their career at Nebraska. So that's the skill position part of it. I mean, you can't get around the offensive line piece of this. I mean, this is an offense or was an offense, depending on how different it ends up being under Mark Whipple, that is built to run the ball. Um, and when you can't do that consistently, and the Big Ten's a really, really tough conference to do that in. Uh, Got to note that. But when you can't get that piece of it consistently, you're going to struggle. And in Nebraska, all these past four seasons have been weird in their own way. In, in some ways, going into year five, I wonder if perpetually being close, and you can literally look at the number of one-score games over that stretch and, and say, well, yeah, it's hard to argue they're not close. Uh, if you'd gotten a point earlier where it's like, okay, guys, we're not even anywhere close to where we want to be, uh, would it have helped? Because I think it would have put more of a focus on sort of the culture piece of it, the development piece of it, just how far Nebraska had to go to get there. And I felt like for most of the past four years, it's always felt like, well, just a little bit extra, and we would have been there. Brandon Vogel joining us, HaleVarsity.com and Magazine at Brandon L. Vogel on Twitter. We're here at the Hale Varsity Club. We're kind of recapping some of the prognostications. Two through five. Let's go there with you. Are you uh, leaning closer to two? Maybe you have Nebraska one. I'm waiting for the Hale Varsity yearbook to come out with the the uh, the straight uh, knowledge of, of where Nebraska's picked by staff. Uh, that said, uh, it feels, I don't know, it, it feels like another up-in-the-air season. But based on the schedule, it, it shouldn't be. Right, <laughs> but if, if some of these things get flipped around, the anonymous coach is pointed out, then you're uh, you're having a rum and coke, and already at six wins uh, somewhere in October, right? Yeah, and and the West in particular feels like a throw all the cards in the air and see which one lands face up. Like I don't know. Northwestern has the longest odds of, of, of winning the, the West division. And that's probably just, they've got a long way to go offensively, defensively. You can feel pretty good about them having a little bit of a bounce back, but even Northwestern, like if you were to tell me, Oh yeah, we get to December, the first week of December, Northwestern will be West division champs. Like I wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't be shocked if Illinois did it. Um, I mean, I'd be surprised, but I wouldn't be shocked for Nebraska. Um, 
I would have them higher than fifth in the pecking order in the division based on that schedule, um, based on the fact that three and nine was so outside the norm. I mean, would they be, here's how I look at it. Would they be fifth in the division projected as by some, uh, if they'd gone seven and five, probably not. And I look at Nebraska as much more closer to a seven and five team than I do a three and nine team. Doesn't mean there aren't a lot of questions, uh, but you look up and down the Big Ten West, and I think you can find pretty big questions with any team. Brandon, before we get you out of here, it kind of feels like Purdue's been the, the preseason darling, if you will. And uh, I almost felt that way about Indiana last year, where it felt like people may have been hyping up Indiana more than what their roster uh, really showed. Do you think Purdue's in the same boat this year with losing some talent, really their top-end talent, and, and yet they're still a, a preseason darling? What's, what's your take on Purdue? Yeah, I, I I was buying it uh, all the way up through the end of their spring football, and now I'm I think their their win total set at seven and a half, which I think like four teams in the Big Ten West are set at seven and a half. And if I had to make a pick now, I'd be under that. Um, losing Milton Wright, who was who was big uh, in terms, he was second leading receiver, almost had a thousand yards last year. Got to replace David Bell. That's big. George Karloftis was a, a singular player in in the Big Ten last year. Got to replace him, and then they lost probably a starting safety as well, just to the transfer portal after spring football finished. So Purdue's going to be a tough out for everyone. I think they'll they'll be a team that's in just about every game. Um, but I'm, I'm down on them from where I would have been, say, three months ago. Brandon Vogel's with us, HailVarsity.com and Magazine, at Brandon L. Vogel on Twitter. Vogue's uh, a quick thought on the, the two most important Huskers for 2022. Was looking through Pete Futek's preview, and he has his his top ten list, and, and Reimer comes in at number one while – Reimer's in my top 10. I don't put him at, at number one. Uh, I'm going to probably put Teddy Prohaska at, at number one for me because if he's good to go at left, you can do a lot of things to that line. And whether whether your quarterback's great or a little above average, it, it depends on you know, not getting hurried 40% of the time on top of the, the running that Nebraska needs to do. About 15 seconds, who's your number one guy, or do you – kind of look at Teddy and go, that that could work. No, Peraska's a really, really good pick. Um, and I think that's where you go with this. So if, if I had to go someplace else, I might go Garrett Nelson because I think his ceiling is super high. I feel good about the level of play I'm going to get from Reimer and Heinrich. Um, so, or Nick Henrich. Um, Garrett Nelson, I think, has a really high ceiling. If he plays close to that, uh, that's a big development for Nebraska. Brandon Vogel with us from Hale Varsity. Vogues, thanks for the time today. Thank you, guys. Like what you hear? High-quality radio and podcasts are just part of what we do at Hale Varsity. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor. I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we do, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to hailvarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's hailvarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. And now, and now back to Hail Varsity Radio. 
We are back, Elijah. Thanks so much for um, juggling there, my friend. We're here at the Hale Varsity Club and uh, excited to spend time here with uh, part of Herdat Sports, Anna Bellinghausen with us. We will get StreamYard back up uh, for Anna. But, Anna, good to spend time with you. Nice to meet you. Yeah, nice to meet you as well. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be a part of the Herdat Media team, especially the sports side and then also Hale Varsity. It's like the best bonus ever. It's awesome. Uh, you've uh, been all over Husker baseball and some Husker football, and it's been an interesting off season. It's been an interesting season for Nebraska baseball. The expectations, they fell short there. Uh, I'm a big Will Bolt guy and uh, covered him in college. And, and I think there's no doubt he'll get it turned around. But, man, you want to talk about U-Hauls lining yeah. up on campus, especially Cody Frank hitting the portal. Right. He was one constant, one thing consistent on mm-hmm. the hill for Nebraska. Now, there's a slew of JUCO coming in, which is great, mm-hmm. but uh, it's going to start on the mound for next year for Nebraska with Coach Childress, uh, Coach Christie, and, of course, uh, taking what, what they think they can handle in the Big Ten. Right. I mean, especially Cody Frank. You never want to lose a dependable arm in the bullpen or coming out on the mound because that was where Nebraska struggled with all season long. I mean, given they had multiple injuries to their top guys between Buns and then Kyle Perry and then Colby Gomez as well wasn't completely healthy all season for them so they struggled a lot in pitching and I think Cody Franks is a big loss for them and they will have to fill those shoes like you mentioned Chris with the Juco guys coming in and then another guy they lose Cam Chick and that's just a veteran guy in the locker room a guy that's always leading by example Max Anderson described him to me as just this upbeat guy always in the locker room and maybe his results weren't showing on the field but he was always being the leader and Luke Jessen said he's the guy that he went to if he had any questions so I think Chick is just a guy that they're losing that's the veteran voice in their locker room on the field giving advice to the younger guys which Nebraska obviously has a lot of and they'll keep having a lot of uh, all these new faces on their squad. Anna Bellinghausen with us here heard at Sports Hale Varsity Radio Roadshow we're out here at the Hale Varsity Club just uh, in La Vista not far from Cabela's so let's talk about that chemistry uh, let's talk about that uh, that clubhouse because it seemed uh, specifically with a couple of departures in season that, yep. that maybe it's uh, going to be a focus either the coaches will have to lead or they're going to have to have better more solid leadership in that clubhouse and you mentioned a guy like max uh tremendous ball player mm-hmm. uh he's he's a guy that with his performance his actions could 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 spur some leadership but there, there needs to be a voice or two and I asked the guys early on in the season, I was like, hey, who's the locker room leader? Like, who is the guy that's going to be stepping up? Who are people looking to? And they didn't really have an answer from the people that I asked between Kyle Perry or Max. There wasn't a clear answer of who that leader was going to be. And obviously, it was the guys that left the program before when they had so much success in the Big Ten tournament and uh, moving on to a regional. So I think they lost a lot of that leadership, and it's going to have to be figured out this upcoming season. I think with Kyle Perry returning, that is the key guy I'm looking at because his attitude towards the game is amazing. When I spoke to him just about his injuries that he's gone through pretty much every single year, he's dealt with something, but his attitude has just been phenomenal. And I think that rubs off on the guys. But then again, like this past season, they didn't have Kyle around to be the guy and to be the one cultivating the correct culture they want at Nebraska. And there was a point in the season uh, when Nebraska played Indiana that Coach Bolt really took his players aside after they dropped two at Indiana and said, 
you know, I'm questioning your toughness right now. I'm questioning your competitiveness at the plate. And the guys responded the next day. They beat Indiana 19-7. to But then that didn't really carry on didn't throughout stay. the rest of the season. They, they had something good going there. They had the attitude flip. But it just wasn't consistent enough. Well, it's doing it every day. Right. Right. Switching to football, uh, and a, a thought with uh, that running back room. Uh, you, you've got Yant, of course. You've got Ramirez that's coming back. And, and Anthony Grant, man, he looked good in the spring game, mm-hmm. even playing touch football with his ability. A great combination of speed and quickness for him. And then there's, uh, there's A.J. Allen is a guy I'm looking at uh, coming in from, from TCU. So, you know, where, where can it, – it, 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 will, it will go as far as the offensive – line takes it we don't know what the quarterback run game element how much of that'll be he had 570 from from adrian last year on the ground so you need someone to to come forward and and be a a winner in that running back room uh the committee has to be uh talented and deep i think we are deep at running back i mean if you're a husker fan i think you should feel good about where that running core is right now and a guy that you mentioned a little bit, Anthony Grant, he's one of my favorite guys um, of this Nebraska running group. I think he brings a lot of north to south running, and that's exactly where Nebraska is trying to go. It's those three to five yard pickups, those early downs that they're trying to get trying to get going. And I think Anthony Grant, they call him AG, he'll be a huge factor in that. And he's actually not in Nebraska today. He's accepting award, a male athlete of the year for JUCO. And I think just the experience he has from the JUCO level will really translate um, to what can be done in the D1, D1 level. I think there's so much that can translate there. And I think the experience between all the guys in their group and then the young ones that they'll bring in and the newcomers like AJ you mentioned, I think there's a lot to pick from, and there's so many routes that um, they could go to. But then again, the O-line thing, everything starts with the offensive line, and that has to be really settled down. And Nebraska's faced many injuries throughout their offensive line, and that's really going to be key. And when I talked to Brody Bell, he said the O-line was a million times better, but obviously this is only the spring and then the fall. You, you have to wait to those games to see really how everything's shaping out and how everyone's staying healthy. Um, but I know the O-line, uh, they've really implemented a lot more discipline. They show up to lifts 20 minutes early every single time. They're the guys that actually started this trend for Nebraska football, so they all wear the same thing to the lift. So at, at first it was only the O-line group wearing the same outfits every single time, but then, and then the whole team does it now to all their lifts. And it seems like such a small thing, but I think that really brings the team together and offers just some some camaraderie that maybe wasn't there before. Well, it's some buy-in, right? right. It's some buy-in. It's dedication, and uh, it's a mentality for sure with uh, Nebraska football. Uh, Anna Bellinghausen with us here, Hale Varsity Radio, Heard at Sports. Give us a couple more minutes on the other side. For All sure. Right. All right. Gary Barnett going to join us next hour. Hall of Fame coach with Colorado and Northwestern. The, the lowdown on what Whipple has got to do with his two quarterbacks, his two transfers, Danny Burke, Burke's Best Bets, Vizen Sports Network next hour. We're here at the Hale Varsity Club live on a Thursday. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time, Hale Varsity this hour uh, out of the Hale Varsity Club. Check the menu out. Log on HaleVarsityClub.com. And uh, the pizza, the Brussels sprouts, the short rib mac and cheese is Schmidt approved. My family, before you call me a piggy, uh, got in here and, and had uh, dinner. And uh, Bellinghausen with his Heard at Sports. Find her on Twitter. Give her a follow. 
and great content to come here during the College World Series uh, with Anna Annabelle Media. It's where you follow her. We're talking Nebraska in the running back room. Uh, a kid, Elijah, and I had a chance to talk to, and we really loved his his film. And anytime Ron Brown recruits you, it, it kind of is a little validation for me. Emmett Johnson, uh, talented back, Mr. Football in Minnesota. Uh, there, there's a big running back room, but, man, Emmett's a, a nice combination as well of strength and speed. Another Big Ten running back yep. for Nebraska to, to groom to, to carry the football either earlier or at some point in his career. Yeah, I read up about Emmett, largely a one-cut north-south runner. He hit the hole hard, essentially, and that's what you want with this offensive line, finding those gaps, and I think Emmett can bring that, and, and again, like a versatility that the backfield needs, and it fits perfectly with that downhill style Nebraska wants to run, and again, the focus is just on the offensive line and how they'll produce. So I think Emmett's a great addition. I think those are the kind of guys that Nebraska wants. It's like that old traditional running that Husker fans are so used to, the north-south. Go right down and hit him in the face hard. I mean, that's that's the type of guys that uh, they want in their backfield, and I think Emmett will fit that mold perfectly, and I'm excited to see how he's really um, brought into this tradition of Nebraska football and how he kind of translates and communicates well with that backfield and his quarterbacks. And, again, the quarterback situation, we don't quite know what that'll be. Uh, I think it's still a strong running between uh, Casey and also Logan. So I think having that versatility in the backfield will be huge for Nebraska. See, with, and, and, you know, Logan's forgotten about, and that shouldn't be the case because he's persevered, he's talented. I, mm-hmm. I hope there's either some sub packages for him, Tebow style, for uh, sure. inside the 20, like Minnesota did a year mm-hmm. ago with their dual threat guy, or you have uh, the ability to use him on offense, use his athleticism somehow if, if, he doesn't win the job, and in case he's been brought in to, to win that job with his experience from Texas, but also with Chuba. I mean, he's a guy, if he can stay healthy, yeah, uh, he sky's the limit for him, especially if he gets, when he gets paired up with, uh, with Whipple and, and Whipple's track record of development. I mean, a lot of years left for Chuba mm-hmm. to, uh, to continue to grow and get better. Nebraska's got so many transfers, and they have so many transfers, Anna, from 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 high profile programs at Texas, a couple from Florida State, from TCU, you go down the list. I mean, guys that have played big time ball before, for sure. And then Casey Thompson. When you bring up the quarterback situation as well, I talked to Trevin Lubin this morning, and he said the QB battle isn't necessarily over yet. He said that he not loved, by a long shot, is it? Right. He said there's still a lot of competitive competitiveness between the two, and he said. As Casey keeps going and keeps getting better and more comfortable with that offense, it also raises Logan's play. Mm-hmm. He's making sure. Logan a better quarterback. And, I mean, that's music to Husker fans' ears because you have two capable quarterbacks that can do different things. Logan's great on the ground. Casey, we haven't really seen him on the ground as much, but there's still a lot that Logan can offer. At a Bellinghouse and Herdad Sports. Uh, good to spend time with her talking Nebraska football, a little Husker baseball. Elijah Herbel back in our ESPN Lincoln Studios. A timeout, hour two, live here at the Hale Varsity Club in La Vista. Our sit down with Gary Barnett next to kick off hour two, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Like what you hear? High quality radio and podcast is part of what we do at Hale Varsity. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly 
Magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe, promo code GBR. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Back into an hour two, it's Hale Varsity Radio. We're on the road here in La Vista at the Hale Varsity Club. Time to talk some college football, some golf, get some golf advice as we head off to to the, the Denver region next week. Uh, Hall of Fame coach Gary Barnett with us. Coach, how are we doing? Uh, we're doing great. Just starting to get into the summer here in Boulder, and temperatures are getting warm. Golf is golf courses greened up. Everything's ready to go. So, uh, watching baseball games on the weekend with my ten-year-old grandson. This week he has football camp at CU. He's got <laughs> baseball practice. He's got football practice. So it's like being a parent again. Man, that's awesome. Uh, we are uh, we're in in uh, Omaha this weekend for baseball. Then we head out to your direction for. Really fun tournament in Castle Rock. If I'm doing some intel for some of the other baseball dads, if we've got a free morning, where should we tee it up? Well, there's a good place right there in Castle Rock called Plum Creek. It used to be a, a TPC course, Ooh. but it's it's not. I don't know how, how much, if it's private and public or what, but uh, that's a really good golf course. And then you've got all the... Um, uh, Castle Pines Golf Courses, the golf club, the Castle Pines Country Club is up there. A little further north, you got uh, Bear Dance. You've got uh, so yeah, there's the Red Hawk uh, Golf Course, which is I think is public right there in Castle Rock, just north of Castle Rock. Um, yeah, there's a lot, a lot of good golf courses around there. Well, duly noted. We will have to to see where uh, we can squeeze in. Gary Barnett's with us, coach. Some reaction to you. You love uh, college football. You also love golf and following uh, professional golf. And how have you uh, processed uh, the Live Tournament? They have found some some pretty big names. Phil is on board, of course, and DJ is going to be a part of it. And the the money is nuts. I mean, Bryson DeChambeau, it's reported that $100 million is going to go his way as he'll jump on the the live tour and right now the uh the u.s opens like okay we're okay with it we still want you guys uh to participate so it looks like there's a game of chicken about to happen between the pga and some of these players yeah game of chicken um <laughs> you, you know chris gosh uh, if, if you put yourself in their shoes um you, you know it's it's a sport where there's maybe 200 to 150 people that are really making good money like other professional, you know, money like other professional sports uh, athletes. Uh, I mean, just think of the number of basketball players and baseball Mm -hmm. players and football players that are all making hockey players, all making a lot of money as a, 
as a professional athlete. And in golf, the structure is such that, you, you know, you have to qualify. You're not guaranteed anything. You're, I mean, yet some guys have sponsorships, but we're talking maybe maybe 100 guys have sponsorships. I mean, good sponsorships. Maybe not even that many. So when you put yourself in their shoes and you somebody throws out to you the possibility of never having to qualify, you got you're gonna uh, they're gonna give you a huge bonus. You're gonna play every week, fifty four holes, not not seventy two. Hmm. That the lowest paid athlete in that event will make one hundred and twenty thousand uh, dollars. In today's world, and the way that the people that are in control of things think is that cash is king and money work. You know, people are more interested in making money than they are necessarily uh, by other folks standards doing the right thing. Mm -hmm. So uh, I, I don't know. I don't know that I can blame them, but I just don't like where all this is going. And um, of course, when you're, you know, an older person as I am, you don't have much say in it and, and nobody listens to you anyway. So, and you come across as an old fogey, but, um, <laughs> you know, it just doesn't seem like, um, the values that we all, uh, appreciated and, and felt like we got from going through those kinds of grinds and growing up and, and situations was so valuable as, to you as a person that, that doesn't mean anything. So, you know, I'm, I'm split on it. I'm split. I don't like to see it. I just, and no one likes to see change and, and I get that completely, but, um, you, you know, it's, 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 there's, there's, there's a lot of people out there that are accepting of this and, and a lot of them aren't athletes. A lot of them aren't folks who, um, who, who really have learned what you, what you get from going through the grind and going through all that stuff, it's just like college football right now. And so I, I get it. You know, it's just the, the world we live in and um, it, you're, you're wasting your breath complaining about it because it's, it, I think it's probably going to be more interesting to sit back and watch where it really goes. And I know one of the big complaints about the LIV is that where it's being played and who sponsored it and the, yeah. uh, uh, the, the human rights issues that uh, are supported by the group who's sponsoring it and those sort of things. And there, there's always going to be a group that's going to, you know, use that as a tagline. So, um, I, you know, I don't know, Chris. I think you just watch it and try to process it. And, you know, don't get too caught up with it emotionally because, like everything else, it's going to change. I don't know what it's going to look like, but... Mm -hmm. uh, uh, unfortunately, 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 I'm old enough to where there's nothing I can do about it. Just sit back and, and watch it. Gary Barnett's with us, Hale Varsity Radio. The Athletic is coming out uh, today. They published the state of the program with Colorado. Soon enough, it'll be uh, Nebraska. And I want to get your take on on the Buffs, uh, Coach Durrell, going into to year three. A lot of transition, uh, lost a number of transfers, and Colorado has been in this kind of revolving door of, of coaches, Coach Barnett. And what's your outlook? You're close to the, the, the football program. 
and uh, they, I'm sure, reach out to you for advice still, and they should. But as you look at 2022, how are you feeling? What's the what's the outlook like for for the Buffs? Well, first of all, Chris, when you you get as old as I am, you're, you're invisible and you're mute. So uh, not only do they not see you, they don't, they can't hear you. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so, but I, I read I read most of the article today, and of course I've lived it for for a while, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, my take with everybody that's asking me, and I, of course I get asked a lot, and I, first of all, if I'm going to do the games, and then secondly, how bad are we going to be? And, and my comment is always the same every year, and that is, you know, I don't know yet until I get to practice and I see what kind of leadership and what kind of drive is really in that team from a practice standpoint in, in camp. And, you know, the year first year I started, I went there, First year I, I started doing this for Colorado, 2016, and I started going to practice, and I was so impressed by uh, Sefo Lufau mm-hmm. uh, and the kind of leader he was that he one person can make a difference, and he made a difference on both sides of that ball. And there were some other guys, and they had some athletes, but – you know, going to practice every day, I, I came back and, and the guys at the golf course would say, well, what do you think? I said, you know what? They're going to win eight or nine games. I swear. And they said, what? I said, yeah, I, they've got that kind of leadership and that they're tough mentally. And so, and they went to win 10 and I've just, I've been pretty much right on every year. So, um, there's an element to, uh, everybody expecting you're going to be bad to having a team of guys who just want to be at Colorado right now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think they've dealt, dealt with some guys who, uh, as NILs come up and all the portal, that they had guys that didn't want to be there anymore. And it's it's hard to build around that. And you build a special bond with, with, with guys when it's you against the world and um, you're dealing with guys who really want to play and want to compete. And, you know, they, they can they can end up doing some stuff. Now, I think it all starts at quarterback. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the quarterback, Brendan Lewis, they played with last year, really struggled. And um, the, the guy that was behind him got hurt immediately in, in fall camp. And to me, as I watched him and as a quarterback coach myself, I thought that guy really had promise. I, I thought J.T. Shroud had big-time ability. And so, you know, I think that really hurt him last year. And now he should be healthy. He he didn't do any physical drills in camp in spring ball. He did throw a lot in seven on seven, but did not participate in any team um, uh, drills. So it's hard to tell for sure. But um, I'm I'm really eager to go see what I think. Uh, they're going to have. So it's, you know, right now, everybody in that program knows that everybody expects them to be awful. And so sometimes that's when you can do your best work. And uh, that's when everything you do that is positive becomes a big surprise. Not just a surprise or something that was expected, but a big surprise. And that can garner a lot of support and interest. And I'm sure that's how they're thinking. And as a coach, you're always thinking that way. You know, you you don't like playing the no respect card 
but you do play it because <laughs> it's an easy one to play. You know, it's out there that there's, they're like deuces. They're everywhere. And so, uh, uh, it seems like, you know, there's only four of every other card, but when it comes to deuces, there are like 20 of them. So, you, you know, you, you can play it. And I, and I think the kids know that the players know that I will expect that. So, um, I'm eager to see what happens and how they develop, but I'm eager to see what happens at the quarterback spot. And, you know, I think that they're going to have to really maybe play better than they are to win six games uh, right now. That's what I'd have to say. But I don't know until I get out there and see them enough. Gary Barnett with us. Coach, can we bring you to Lincoln for a couple of weekends? Because everyone's asking, what's Nebraska going to be if you're on target with CU? Let's get an accurate win projection for Nebraska as they're uh, picked fifth by Athlon in the West. And I don't know if that is good news or just the rate of the Big Ten West as jumbled as it was last year with about everybody nine and four. And I want to get to your friend, Coach Whipple, uh, and just what what type of advantage he can be for Nebraska. And also, Coach, from a quarterback perspective here, uh, I think there'll be a, a competition still between Pretty and and Thompson, but Thompson could and should be the guy uh, w- with Casey. Can he be a difference maker in the West in a league aside from Purdue that doesn't really have many known quantities at quarterback? I mean, they, they've got Lee, I guess, at Minnesota, but uh, you know, Nebraska should be at least in competition to have, you know, one of the better quarterbacks you'd think in the West. Well, it's, it's, uh, I think that's all too early to try to project because you talk about Mark, here's Mark's challenge Mm -hmm. is he's got two transfer quarterbacks. Well, when you get transfer quarterbacks, they've transferred for a reason. So there's a, there's a very distinct and good reason why uh, Casey Thompson left and why Purdy left. Um, and you probably, the public will probably never really know what those reasons are, but as a coach, you figure it out. Mm-hmm. And so he's going to go into that room with those guys and, and probably has, but will for sure and say, no matter what's happened someplace else or one other time in your life, you now have a chance to change it. And you have a chance to start new. You have a chance to undo or at least not do some of the things that have brought you problems and created problems for you. So these are your choices. And, um, and then whichever one of those two guys makes the changes, whatever they are, and brings with it enough skill and leadership to be a quarterback who really leads and is a difference maker, that's who's going to play. And you're going to see that unfold and unfolds probably from the first time that he got a chance, Coach Whipple got a chance to meet with either one of those two guys, and every time they've now been in a room together, as well as the other quarterbacks. But uh, it it really is going to come down to their develop and choices that they make now uh, to overcome any of the problems that they've had in the past. And if they look at it that way and embrace it and take the help that uh, Mark Whipple is going to deliver for them, and offer to them, they buy into it, then then one of them has a chance to be good. He's going to be surrounded by some other people who've got the same choices. But it just comes down to your chemistry now mm-hmm. and a little bit of luck with injuries. So 
Um, who knows? And that's why camp is so important and summer development and summer teamwork and summer drills. That's why it's so important. Back with you, Hale Varsity. A few more minutes with Gary Barnett uh, talking Nebraska, Mark Whipple, quarterback development, that quarterback room, and uh, hitting on some pretty important items here as Nebraska moves forward. And uh, a little look-see into the future of college football when we continue our chat with Coach Barnett, specifically uh, that, that NFL model of how programs will kind of be Bama-like with uh, front offices and scouts. More to come with Coach Barnett. The uh, college football breakdown from Pete Futak, his projection on Nebraska. We're here at the Hale Varsity Club on ESPN. Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor of Hale Varsity. And I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. And we're back. Fellas, you think we could listen to the radio? On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Gary Barnett's with us, Hale Varsity Radio, talking some Nebraska football as we get geared up. Uh, a big recruiting weekend last weekend for Nebraska and more recruiting on the horizon. Coach, how active were you with recruiting, uh, keeping an eye on it? I mean, what was your summer schedule like before we go? I'd love to – how did you navigate uh, your, both your, your head coaching stops and even as an assistant – uh, with with getting a little bit of recharge time compared to, I guess, what, what it is, and it feels year-round for coaches uh, in, in today's college football world. Well, I don't know if there is recharge time anymore. I mean, you, you better have a, a battery that's uh, extra <laughs> large and, and powerful because it's, it's got to be on all the time. And, uh, you know, for me it was different. We had limits on when kids could visit. Uh, you, you couldn't do uh, paid visits during the summer. You always had kids dropping in. The camps became really important. The ones we had on on uh, on campus were really important for evaluations and finding guys. Um, we we sent coaches to various camps that were legal at the time that that was legal to do. Um, but we did a lot of heavy recruiting in the summer, mostly identification, and then staying in touch with guys that we we found in the spring. Um, and then we started seeing more and more uh, visits during the summer, uh, unofficial visits. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Colorado is a place where a lot of people like to go and visit and have vacations. So we had a lot of families coming through and wanting to be um, uh, in Colorado and see what it's like, et cetera. And, you know, it, it's such a beautiful place in the summer that, you know, we at least had that going for us. But in, in the end, that doesn't really make that much difference, but it does get them there. And uh, once you get there, it's the people in the buildings and in the program and, and not the buildings and mountains behind it. So, uh, but it was, it was ongoing. It was starting to be ongoing when I was in it. Now it is constantly ongoing. You know, they've got, but they have more people. And, and I think what's, what's 
about to surface in the next couple of years is a is a staff of evaluators and recruiters that are probably separate from the coaching staff. And so they, you have more help now than you used to. And, uh, I mean, we were we, we had nine coaches, assistant coaches, and we had five GAs, and, buddy, that was it. <laughs> and now you're talking about st- additional staffs of 22, 25, 26 people. So um, the workload gets spread out and split up a lot more than it used to. Quick follow. So say there's a, a place that has – scouts and uh, evaluators and it's it's like an NFL front office are those places going to be more attractive when it comes to hiring uh away coaches or 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 places to work is that where you want to go work cuz maybe you get a little bit of a breather i mean and and quite frankly the the good ones you, you guys are grinders so you're 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 locked in a lot of time anyway and when you do take some time off it it doesn't Seem like it's that often or very much. <laughs> yeah, your coaches. Most coaches are grinders, and and those that aren't learn early and they they go do something else. But no, no question. Um, I mean, you take any assistant coach right now and ask them if they want to go coach in the NFL, where they have a staff that does all the recruiting, a staff that there's no um, academics. Uh, every one of them, maybe two of them, wouldn't go hmm. to that level. And, and make money and, and have a lot of that other stuff they don't have to worry about. So, yeah, it's eventually moving to that. And so as coaches move staffs, that's going to be a factor down the road, no question about it. And, uh, you know, front offices, um, you know, one thing you learn in the coaching ranks, especially in the professional ranks, is the only thing that separates each one of those teams is ownership and and so you want to go where there's good ownership. Mm-hmm. Well, the same thing is going to happen in college. You want to go where there's a good administrative um, staff and a good administrative history and uh, a culture that's uh, going to be behind what you do and supportive of what you do. So that means um, fan base. That means um, presidents. That means that whole piece of it. So mm-hmm. that part of it's going to become more and more important as we go down the road to assistant coaches moving. Gary Barnett with us. Coach, have a great weekend. Hit him far and straight and enjoy some baseball with the fam. Thanks for a few minutes. All right, Chris. Talk to you later, bud. Good stuff from Gary Barnett here live at the Varsity Club in La Vista. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Danny Burke, Burke's Best Bats. He'll preview the uh, the Rangers tonight and the Thunder NHL action and uh, more on the NBA Finals from Danny from a betting perspective. Good take on the, the, the fact you need to grind. I think there's more grinders uh, on this coaching staff now. When I think of Bill Bush and Mickey Joseph and Coach Applewhite, that's, that's a great thing. I think there's a lot of grinders defensively on the defensive side, so uh, that could bode well, but Elijah, let's dive into college football news. And Pete Futak, he's been covering college football for a long time. And, you know, the opening uh, paragraph with his Nebraska preview says experienced, talented, and desperation. (laughs) All three things with Nebraska. Yes, there's some experience. Yes, there's some talent. Back to the the all-off-the-bus team per Athlon in hour one 
but it, it is. It is desperation, and that's not always bad. You, you got to have the I's dotted, the T's crossed uh, in the in the midst of a storm. But man, you, you, Nebraska fans have been waiting for the payoff. The Big Ten has been waiting for the payoff. College football wants Nebraska to be good again, and. Man, uh, bad penalties, special teams are, are, were bugaboos. And 20 of the 29 losses by Frost by eight or less. So when we talk about keys to this season, and Pete got into quite a few of them, you know, it's it's going to be, A, uh, how does the, the portal treat Nebraska? Nebraska's been really good at acquiring in the portal, but does buy-in and chemistry move forward? Uh, another part of this is what do you get from quarterback play and your running game and offensive line? I mean, it's the same points again. And then defense, there's some game-changing moments. Would you agree, Elijah, that there's been too many game-changing moments Nebraska football has not seized uh, in the post-Polini era? I think that's that's fair to see. And, and even you had to go back to the, the championship years. Nebraska was always good at seizing momentum, finding that moment, delivering that knockout punch with um, with pretty high consistency. And it's been anything but consistent here for four years. Maybe that shifts for the better in year five for Frosty. Uh, but there are some things that they can clean up. I, I tell you this, uh, when I look at, at this football team and in some of the keys, maybe I'm in the minority I don't think you have to have great quarterback play. I think you have to have consistent quarterback play. I think you have to have safe, dare I say it, safe quarterback play when it comes to turnovers. And and I got to believe that this offense has got to be uh, really 11 guys, not just one or two. You're leaning all of the weight on their shoulders. And I think if you get that shift in 2022 – you're okay because if Casey Thompson's got to got to go win it for you, that's not a position that he can't succeed in. But we've seen the last four years of one guy having to do it all the time, and it didn't work out. It's it's really a lot to ask uh, most quarterbacks that aren't Cam Newton or Tua or. You know, name some of the some of the greats that have played in college football the last few years. You always got to have some help. Well, I mean, look at and it. that help and that help comes in the form of offensive line and running game. Well, I mean, look at the, the since we've gone from the legends and leaders to the East and the West. I can't think of a single Big Ten West quarterback that through great play willed their team to the Big Ten championship game or willed their team no, to a great management. Season. I mean, you could argue Tanner Morgan, but not really. He was he was helped by a lot of other great pieces on his offense and and I three mean, NFL wideouts. Even last year. You had Michigan go win a Big Ten championship with Cade McNamara, and I'm not going to sit here and disparage Cade McNamara, but let's be honest, that guy is not a top four rounds of the NFL draft quarterback. That's not who he is. He's a game manager. He's built in the same vein as, a, as an A.J. McCarron at Alabama, where he's going to get out there, he's not going to make mistakes, he's going to hand the ball off, and he's going to look great handing the ball off. But that that's the extent of his duties, really. He's going to come in, oh, third and four, 
Let's see if uh, if the quarterback can get it done for us. I mean, that's what that has won in the Big Ten over the past couple of years. So don't sit here and think Casey Thompson is the be-all, end-all for Husker football whenever he's probably the last piece of that offense that really needs to fit into place to give Nebraska a, a, a fighting chance in the Big Ten West. It starts with the offensive line. Then it goes uh, to, I mean, you can kind of say the tight ends with that, that offensive line group. Then it goes mm-hmm. to the running backs. And then it goes to the wide receivers. And then it falls upon Casey Thompson. He's probably the, the fourth most important part of that offense if Nebraska is going to find success in 2022. He, he just can't lose it for you, yep. right? Once in a while, go make a play. Once in a while, go make a winning play even. I mean, look look at last but, year. Last year is a great example of this where Nebraska pretty much three quarters a game would get good to great play from Adrian Martinez. It yeah. was it was the other areas, the offense that let the, 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 the quarterback play down and let the offense down as a whole. Numbers to get in, 466-3776-800-825-5865. can tweet at us at Schmidt underscore radio at Herbal Essence. We're here at the Hale Varsity Club, uh, just in La Vista, near the Embassy Suites. Uh, Danny Burke with the Vison Sports Network coming up here at 540. It was awesome to sit down and chat with Anna Bellinghausen with Herd at Sports. She was with us at 440. Brandon Vogel kicked us off. And as always, find the show, get the podcast, subscribe to us, give us a rating. Good, bad, ugly. We want to hear your feedback. Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and some of these specific for a future show and come up with, with our, our most important Huskers for 2022. I kind of hinted that I think Teddy Prohaska is pretty high up there. I'm not going to say that, that pick your quarterback Listen, if you have a really good one, that is your difference maker. That is your Trevor Lawrence, right? That is your Cam Newton. That is your Tim Tebow. That is your Tommy Frazier. And that elevates you to rarefied air. But even Stenson at Georgia, really good ball player, great talent around him. Danny Burke's on the way. Get his take on the NBA Finals. Some gambling picks for you next. Like what you hear? High-quality radio and podcast is part of what we do at Hale Varsity. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we do. Ten issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's HailVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. He's in his 30s, but sounds like he was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other. Now, say my name. It's Schmitty on Hail Varsity Radio. I got the body of a taut preteen Swedish boy. Back into it, Hale Varsity on the road. The Hale Varsity Club here in La Vista, just near the Embassy Suites. It's time for Burke's Best Bets. Danny Burke joins the show from Beeson Sports Network. Musburger's incredible outfit and daily show for Danny. And, uh, of course, the Danny Burke podcast. Find him on Twitter at Danny Burke 5. Pride of Chicago, what's, uh, what's shaking? How did uh, last night's Game 3 shake out for you? the wager with Boston and Golden State. 
Yeah, you know, I didn't bet a side in this matchup. I did feel like Boston had the upper hand and, you know, figured they were going to come out on top. I was just hoping at least the Warriors could keep it close, but that really wasn't the case from the get-go. I did take a little bet on Jordan Poole over 12.5 points. I was like, look, it's so low that if I win this, great. I'm taking advantage of a number and a guy who needs to really be a big part of this offense. If it doesn't hit well, I'll live with it because seldom are you going to get Jordan Poole that low in terms of his props. And lo and behold, he ends up with 10 points. Couldn't get one more triple, but uh, we made up for it in baseball. So 2-1 and one overall last night with our bets. Man, looking forward to game four, Smitty. I mean, look, you know, the Celtics already about a four-point favorite as of this moment. I don't know if I'm going to touch the side once again. Might do something with the total. But otherwise, I'll probably just stick to the prop market and, you know, sweat out my Warriors uh, series tickets, sweat out my Steph Curry finals MVP price, which now you can get at like two to one. But, I, again, I was telling Elijah, I, I just hope that this is going to be like a close back and forth battle, something to where we don't know how it's going to end for one. Danny Burke with us uh, from Vicent Sports Network talking NBA finals. Any trends or do you see <sighs> – any insight, I guess, for Friday? I know Boston's favored. Steph says he'll be fine. Steve Kerr's getting some hell for resting him, but he's like, look, we're down 14 with three minutes. Wasn't going to happen. Totally get that. It's not like Steph is young anymore. More than than in previous series. He's, he's got guys he's got to pick up, so he's got to be more of a two-way player. What do you think about the officiating and, and, and the Draymond factor? Does it swing back the other way? It, it just it was it was different than, than of course game two, and uh, not that, that that cost Golden State at all. I mean Boston was just better last night. But do you see uh, any any trends or, or any insight here to, to what could shape this this Friday night tip? Well, really, it comes down to who can get out to that early lead. And you've seen that be apparent in really both of the games. I mean, I get it. You know, Boston came back in that fourth quarter, and it was was one of the most miraculous fourth quarters in NBA history. But I still think that's kind of an aberration. But aside from that, Golden State controlled the game. Game two, Golden uh, Golden State controlled the game. Not by much, but enough to then build that lead in the second half. Then you get to game three. Well, what happens? Boston immediately sparks that momentum with the home crowd behind them, and they figure it out, and they're not really too worrisome throughout a majority of that game. So Golden State has to get out early, right? They got a rebound. They got killed on the boards in game three, and they had the advantage in game two, especially with points in the paint. That's how it was in game two, advantage Golden State. Let's block for game three, and that has been the difference. Draymond has got to be tougher. He said it himself. Everyone out there was soft. They need to box out. They need to close out on shooters. It's frustrating when you're seeing guys like Derek White falling over making hand ones and guys with hands in their face making threes. But look, if they beat you that way, so be it. They're going to beat you any other way. But don't give them quality looks and don't give them second-chance opportunities. And you think about the officiating, look, this is how it always is, but the home crowd's going to get the benefit of the doubt. So if you're Draymond Green, you got to keep your cool on the road. When you go back to San Francisco, yeah, I mean, the advantage is going to swing once again toward Golden State. But Boston has been kind of iffy at home this postseason. Huge game here. You just got to hope that Golden State can hit their shots early. And again, 
limit the second chance opportunities for Boston. And if you want to look at it from the in-game perspective and, you know, Boston is out-rebounding them, is getting those second chance opportunities, but Golden State's hanging in there, maybe look to live that Boston because they're going to have the advantage if that's what it's looking like. Danny Burke is with us here, Burke's Best Bets, Hale Varsity Radio. And, Danny, I think if, if you're a, a, an individual who still thinks the Warriors are going to pull this series out, Steph Curry is still a, a good bet for MVP. But on the Boston side, with Boston up two games to one, I'm not sure that, that Jason Tatum is still the, the, the best option in terms of an NBA Finals MVP. So if Boston does come through and pull this series out, who do you like to win uh, Finals MVP? Yeah, it, it's really a tough discussion point talk to anybody after game one it seemed like it was going to be Al Horford but then he disappeared game two had an average performance game three but Jalen Brown has been a little bit more consistent than Tatum not by much but enough to warrant him being in the conversation and Tatum's almost at like even money Brown you can get like plus 350 the thing that you gotta you know kind of contemplate in your mind is what is this narrative going to be Jason Tatum, we know, already has the upper hand, knowing he's the favorite going into it, knowing he's the superstar on this team and typically the closer. So Jalen Brown is really going to have to separate himself to get over the hill over Jason Tatum. So you need him to really have another. Honestly, Jalen Brown can't take the game off. Like Jason Tatum can get away with that 10-point performance in that game one win as long as he switches the narrative in these next couple of games or even in the last game of the series if he's the leading scorer and kind of closes it out. So Jalen Brown would probably be my best bet right now. You know, Marcus Smart had two good games, but he had that game two that was brutal, and I just don't think fit to get it. So my money would be on Brown because of the value right now. That would be the only way I would play it. Daniel, let's move to some NHL before we get you out here. And the Lightning and the Rangers playing for the right to play the Colorado Avalanche in the Stanley Cup Finals. And so far this series, and uh, I guess even last series for the Rangers too, it's been a story of who's on home ice. The Rangers are uh, undefeated, I believe, in their last eight home playoff games. Uh, my, my number could be slightly off there, but it's something like that. And uh, I see that they're the underdog for the game tonight, coming up at 7.15 as uh, this series all tied up 2-2. Who do you like tonight? Well, I got the adjusted series price on Tampa Bay after game one, so I ended up getting them plus 106. And now they're a big favorite once again with this knotted up into a which I think is pretty perplexing because if we just look at what has happened in this series and the last series for the Rangers, what do they do? Have success at home. They has not done anything on the road, so I'm not going to go lay a price with them in this game. If I didn't have anything invested on them, I'd probably bet the Rangers. How could you not? They're giving you the underdog value with the better goalie in this series and the better home team being the Rangers. So, honestly, again, if I'm being objective, I would tell you to put your money on New York unless this is finally where, you know, they falter in Tampa Bay's momentum from the last finally come through. That's what I'm hoping for. But, again, I honestly think that the Rangers still have upper that Dog. But one bet that I did make in this game, guys, I did a prop. I did because the band said I hit over two and a half shots on gold. He's averaging about five per game this series. He's gone over this market three out of four games. Averaging over three at home this postseason. So I laid about minus 136. So that's going to find the play for tonight. over two and a half shots on gold. Danny Burke, VEASAN Sports Network, and Danny Burke 5, Burke's Best Bets with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Danny, we want a full report next week uh, when Danny takes Manhattan, okay? <laughs> Absolutely. First time going to the Big Apple, I'll uh, have to rep the Husker gear while I'm there. 
Well, do it and do it right. Take care, Danny. Thanks for the time. Hey, you back, guys. Take care. Thank you. Like what you hear? High-quality radio and podcasts are just part of what we do at Hale Varsity. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor. I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we do, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HaleVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time here from the Hale Varsity Club in La Vista. And another great time being out here. We'll have the yearbook party coming up here June 23rd. So next time for us uh, making the road up I-80. Appreciate everyone tuning in, checking us out on Facebook and Twitter. And a great guest lineup today, Anna Bellinghauser with Herdat Sports, Brandon Vogel from Hale Varsity, Coach Barnett, Danny Burke with Burke's Best Bets. So Tom Brady, uh, we knew he was able to stand tall in the pocket but he evaded uh, a little bit of a rush today, Elijah, when it comes to just how uh, how close he was to hanging out with Snowflake and the Dolphins. Yeah, uh, expertly stepped around a, a question. I mean, do you want to listen to, uh, to what Tom had to say today? That'd be great because Tom was asked about, you know, just how close were you trying to become part owner to Miami? Just how close were you to going to, uh, to Ray Finkelland? Here's Tom Brady. And I took to the reports that uh, at some point uh, you were interested in becoming uh, a part of the Miami Dolphins in, in any situation, in any circumstance. Any truth to those reports, Tom? About me going to... Joining the Dolphins in any capacity. I mean, it's again, I had a lot of conversations with a lot of people, as I've had for the last three or four years in my career, about you know different opportunities when I'm done playing with football, so... Um, you know, I kind of made a decision of what I'd like to do, and um, I'll, be, I'll get to be in the game of football. And I think for me the most important thing is where I'm at now and, you know, what I hope to do for this team. That's, that's been my commitment to, you know, this, this team and organization. It's been so much fun for me to come here two years ago. It's been almost two and a half years now, and uh, it's been an incredible part of my football journey. And it's not over, and we still got a lot to accomplish. So i got a long life ahead, and... Um, you know, there's a lot of fun things to do ahead. I'm looking forward to what's ahead um, in football. But at the same time, you know, none of us are promised much beyond what we have now. And this is the current moment. And I'm really excited about going out there to try to compete and win a championship. So that's a sidestep. That's a backpedal. I mean, that that could set the record. I mean, it, it's up there in, with like a presidential debate in terms of most words said without actually saying anything. That's pretty incredible. No, that would uh, that would stall a, a vote, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> it just shut her down, <laughs> big time, big time shut down by Brady. Uh, he said him and Bruce Arians are on great terms. Bruce has some sort of license plate uh, across his forehead or his backside, I think. Mm-hmm. 
because he's the last guy that is going to go to. <laughs> he's gonna be, he's the last guy ever to, to be uh, in the office voluntarily. It's five o'clock somewhere for Bruce all the time. So appreciate uh, Tom's evasiveness right there. Forty-four and still tap dancing. You gotta love it. So. I mean, but what, what, is, what he essentially said there was. Yeah, I explored this option of going to the Dolphins and potentially getting some stake in the team later, but I realized I actually want to win. That's what it sounded like to me. Even with Tariq, right? Yeah. <laughs> good riddance well, from the AFC West. Yeah, is all opposite. Yeah, been a been a good uh, good show today. Good stuff covered on Nebraska. More previews to dive into when it comes to pro football talk and college football news, and even a little athlon. The anonymous coaches was juicy today. Get the podcast. Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Hail Varsity Radio. Talk to you tomorrow at 4. Thanks. A Huda Media Production.